filibuster, filibuster freestyle. Oh, guys, it's day seven. 30 day song challenge. Filibuster freestyle. Your buddy Gavin, my wife Cindy Harrington. Hey. We're back. <laughs> I know you've all been on the edge of your seats wondering what the heck happened last night. Our, our judge didn't get to us till today. She might have had a busy day. I'm sure she did. It's not her full-time gig. I get She's it. She's still working from home. It's a part-time job. Yeah. Because it's a 30-day challenge. And it's hardly are, even a part-time job. It's seasonal av- It's seasonal labor at best. It's PRN. And so we... What per, is, per diem. Oh, okay. I feel like there should be a D in there somewhere, but that's okay. PRN it is. So listen up, guys. It's tied up. Three to three, as predicted on the show. Not a surprise. Cindy went with Dancing on My Own yesterday in round six by Robin. And even though I threw up a very valiant call on me by Eric Prides, Prids, whatever, my boy. Yeah. The name's so nice, I don't know it twice. Um, I went down, went down swinging. It's three to three. Today's day seven. It is a song to drive to, correct? Yes. Song to drive to, a lot of good choices. The choices are up. The choices are in. We don't know what the judges are thinking yet, but I really do think this one could go either way in terms of the quality of the selection. I agree. Um, we'll get to that. So I can run through some of mine, unless you have some of yours go ready ahead. to go, but here's some of the ones that came to mind for me. By the way, late-breaking entry into the day. Chris Orozco, Sundown. By Gordon Lightfoot, a sneaky great call. The confidence still there for Roscoe P. I'll come back to that later. I'm in the middle of a podcast, but that's, what, that's what's happening. From the text line, Roscoe P. on the bat phone. Okay, I mentioned this yesterday, but ZZ Top's got a lot of choices. Oh, yeah, that's right. LaGrange, from like I think 1973, is one of their first hits, one of their longest lasting hits. Great jam. Great, great driving song. But they also have their, their driving trilogy. From the 80s, mm. Sharp Dressed Man, Legs, a.k.a. She's Got Legs, and Give Me All Your Lovin'. And all three of those videos involve this magical old, like, roadster and the ZZ Top guys. And, like, usually a down-on-his-luck dude, by the end of it, having a great time with, like, models. And the ZZ Top guys are just there to, like, be the soundtrack. Yeah. And I would say that all four of those songs could make it in there easily. Yep. Um, so many Kings of Leons... And I, Songs to, that could come in here, and oh, I didn't yeah. look at s- several specifically, but but knocked up by Kings of Leon. Just the way it starts, like a nine minute, like or like an eight minute, like jam, real steady. That's a good one. Wanted Dead or Alive, Bon Jovi. Yeah, that one across my mind. I mean, it's the friggin' deadliest catch theme song. Yep. If that's not a song to sail to, it's a song to drive to. Sure. Threw Hell's Bells on here for consideration. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, the heat is on. Glenn Fry, Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack, that opening is- scene. Dope AF. It's a great jam. R.I.P. Glenn. R.I.P. Glenn Fry. And if you haven't seen Beverly Hills Cop, now that you're under quarantine, it's the time to do it. I haven't seen it. Born to be Wild. Steppenwolf. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's a good one. Born to be Wild. It's definitely like a car scene in the movie. Yeah, like a motorcycle. Yeah. Like, like, I think it was literally the jam from, um, what's the movie with Peter Fonda and, uh, oh my gosh, we'll come back to it. Crack Research Team will get it. It's like a big movie. Okay. It was before our time. But really? it's like Jack Nicholson's in it. Oh. It's, it's okay. 
Um, in Starsky and Hutch, they dressed up like those guys. It was great. Um, low Easy ride- Rider? No. Easy Rider, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Sorry. I was looking at the word Low Rider when you said that. So I'm like, no, Low Rider. <laughs> that was very coincidental. But Low Rider, another great driving song. Yep. Low Rider, by, by the way, until today, I didn't realize it was by the band War. Oh. And I didn't realize that the band War sang the song Why Can't We Be Friends until today. Oh, I didn't know that, actually. And that's the, the album that Low Rider is on. So nice. I learned a lot today. Nice one from the early 90s, Regulators, Nate Dogg and Warren G. Yep. And then the last one I wrote down... We didn't start the fire, Billy Joel. I just, that's not? a great, why yeah, not? it's a great card jam. So that's what I was going with, and I'll give you my pick in a minute, but any ones that stick out to you that you didn't pick, Cindy Harrington. Oh, go through my list now? Besides Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought of, yeah, it's kind of like a, it kind of has to be a throwback song, right, a little bit. So I thought of Where the Streets Have No Name by okay. U2. Okay, um, A little little bit literal. Um uh, right on Glenn Frey, uh, Take It Easy. Glenn Frey. Frey. I say Frey. Eric Prids, Eric Prides. Oh, yeah, we're okay. having pronunciation issues here. I think the Freys are in Game of Thrones. And oh, maybe Glenn that's, Frey maybe that's why I say is in it. the Eagles. Yeah, maybe that's where I got my R.I.P. to the entire Frey family. Yeah, all of them. Thanks to Arya Stark. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I said, take it easy. Mm, sure. Eagles. A lot of eagle songs. Yeah. Any Rocky eagle Mountain song. Way by Joe Walsh, who was an eagle. Yeah. Another one. I love Joe Walsh. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Um, also, similar to the Eagles, Running on Empty by um, Jackson Brown. Yeah. Similar vein. Yeah. Also, he wrote a lot of their songs he did. with Glenn. Right. And also, uh, just while well, I'm thinking of that era, like anything by Seeger, it's going to have a chance. Like, turn the page. Oh, yeah. Literally about a life on the road. I'll put it in the notes and pretend I thought of it earlier because it's such a good, good choice. Absolutely. That's a really good So choice. many good ones. Um, right? I thought of Bohemian Rhapsody by oh, Queen. Oh, because of the Wayne's World piece. Yeah, that kind of, you know, sticks with you a little bit. Um, a lot of Bruce songs. Bruce for sure. Bruce really lends itself to that. And then my runner-up pick actually was Interstate Love Song great, by Stone Temple Great Pilots. choice. I, I'm, I'm actually very miffed at myself for not involving STP yet at all in any of my yeah, choices. Yeah, I'm a little surprised at you for that. Well, tomorrow's about drugs. That's fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> Here we go. So listen, and there's a, there's a podcast going about four years back about how you know, a lot of superlatives about Scott Weiland throw around, get thrown around. Oh, sure. A lot of respect for Scott Weiland. In fact, his unfinished, and by unfinished, I mean I haven't finished it yet, autobiography is in this house somewhere. Oh. Probably down the storage closet. Anyway. I would, I'll take that out. Super deep cuts. Really easy read, too. Yeah. So anyway, who do you think is going to win knowing that you know the judge? So you picked a song, and then you said, We didn't oh, tell our song way. choices yet. Oh, okay. Who but, do- before we reveal. Okay. Who do you think? <clears throat> I think I might have a slight edge because I do know that the band that I picked is a, a is favorite? a favorite of Favorito, our judge. But I did pick the song because I truly do think it's a good song to drive to. Okay, so what did you pick? Um, I picked "Go Your Own Way" by Fleetwood Mac. Great pick, great pick. Yeah, and um, yeah, I decided I wanted to stay in a similar era. Kind of similar genre, you know. Kind of, you know. I kind of wanted to make it hard on the hard on Bell, our judge. Not like because I want to be a bad guy, but because I, I feel like you know, you utilized a, a very for the second day in a row. You've kind of taken away my inside track, which we all know I ceremoniously fired off in day five. Yeah. To take a three to two lead, which is now kind of backfiring. But anyway, <laughs> I decided 
the only way to kind of come to a Fleetwood Mac party with any chance to win is with Tom Petty. So many Tom Petty songs I think could fall into this category, but I went just straight up running down a dream. Yeah. And again, just like yesterday, I feel like in, for, the, for the genre it is, for the type of song it is, and the type of song that you chose, I'm at least going to go down swinging and I'll be able to sleep tonight, win or lose. Yeah. But what do you think of the Petty, the petty Pick? Um, I also consider that song, actually. Um, I considered a lot of Petty songs. Uh, I also thought of Into the Great Wide Open. Mm. I had that up. That's a good one. And the video lends itself to that. Yeah, I had that up on my uh, page for a little bit, was kind of listening through it. But I think the Petty Pick is great. It was very high also in my um, decision making. So I think you have a good shot. I don't think you're out of it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I told Roscoe, his little update here, live chat on the text, okay. filibuster freestyle. So again, he said Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot, a sneaky great call. I wrote back Deep Cut, and he wrote, how's that a deep cut? It's his biggest hit. And I wrote, I meant deep in terms of what else was available, <laughs> not for Gordo. Fair. Because like we just rattled off like three albums worth of songs yeah. that I all know off the top of my head. And though I will go back and I will listen when we take a break here before we bring our guest of the night in yeah. and figure out what the hell song that is, I can honestly say to you guys right now that I'm pretending to you until this moment and I've been pretending to Roscoe P for the last 10 minutes that I know what Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot is. I have no idea what that song is. Boom, roasted, sneaky good, sneaky irrelevant. I don't know. We'll find out in a minute. Coming up, special guest, been a long time coming. We were supposed to have him two, three nights ago. Uh... As I mentioned, his toddler, or as I said the other night, toddler. Toddler. <laughs> well, think about it. They, they toddle around. Teeter-totter. I don't know. Anyway, Marky Sal, Marky Sal Waldecor, list goes on. He will be on the show, most likely, when we press play. Except for you and I have this history now of like sneaking back into the show before the guests get here. Yeah. Because we realize all the things we got wrong, we come back and correct it, crack research style. Yeah. Oh, before I forget to, I want to throw out a thank you to Ann. And Ryan for joining us from Houston, Texas last night. Has been a long time since Anne's been on the show, and great to have her back. Yeah, that was nice. And the whole fam was there. It was good stuff. Um, all right, Cindy, we will go. Go ahead. Sorry. Are we going? To, are we going to do tomorrow before we uh, go into it with Marky Sal? Are we going to say what it is? Yeah. Are we gonna? Don't we kind of do day eight? Yeah, sure. So songs about drugs or alcohol. Yeah. Which I didn't find out the or alcohol caveat until we right before we pressed play. Mm. So I'm already ruminating. I'm going to give you guys some of the all-stars that were in my head when I thought it was just about drugs. Okay. OT Genesis. Sure. 311. Yeah. Sublime. Oh, yeah. Bob Marley, really any reggae. Sure. Um, A lot of reggae pieces. And now that I know it's about, well, also Cypress Hill. Okay. But now that I know that it's about a little thing called alcohol. George Thorohood, George Thorough Good's going to get involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people are going to get involved. This is going to be, we might have to take three days off just to do proper research on this. But we're not going to. But we're not going to. We're going to go right back into it. That's right. Okay. That's all we got uh, until Marky comes on and joins us. Fill us a freestyle. Please follow the show on social media. You can follow all this stuff with Cindy and I and the judging and the other people who are involved. At Filibuster Freestyles, the show's handle, at FB underscore Freestyles, the Twitter handle of the show, uh, filibusterfreestyle.com, Spotify, Deezer, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, 
Just search term filibuster freestyle. You'll find the show. Subscribe and rate. Subscribe, rate, review. Tell some friends. Yeah. You got anything you want to plug? <laughs> what are we on hot wings? I feel like we hot are. Ones? I feel like I'm adopting Sean. Sean the head. The, is it Sean Evans? Is that his name? Sean Evans. So yeah. Sean Evans is the host of this with a wildly successful YouTube sensation, Hot Ones. Yeah. And I feel like we've watched so many of them in the last two months. Yeah. That I basically have started to co-opt his style, and I'm not sure why. He's got a great style. Oh, I, mean, I totally like a, agree. I yeah. just, you know, I've been doing this for like four and a half, five years now, so yeah. I'm not sure why I'm biting his stees. Anyway, Marky Sal on the flip side. Okay, as promised, we're buttoned in. As promised, we checked out Roscoe's song. We do know it. Yeah. I don't know that it's as good of a choice as he made yesterday with Thelma Houston, Don't Leave Me This Way. I'll put it that way. Agreed. Marky Sal coming up next. All right, ladies and gents, as promised, we were going to do this the other day. Marky's daughter had other plans, but now we're welcoming him into the show. Marky Sal, how you doing, man? Good, Jeff. How you doing? We're doing great. Hope you're staying safe out there in Worcester. Doing our best. That's what I like to hear. So listen, you and I both had the pleasure, but you had the pleasure for longer than I did, of living with the great Bernard Young, or as his friends in Boston call him, Graham. <laughs> Two Gotta things. keep that up. What's that? You gotta keep that up. You gotta, yeah, right. So, when I was thinking about songs that need to be played out loud, the first thing that came to mind was U2, Beautiful Day. And it took me a half a second to realize that it wasn't Bono singing A Beautiful Day that made me think about that. It was a topless, very fit, very massive, you know, some would say handsome, I would agree, man. Screaming It's a Beautiful Day at the top of his lungs and also remixing it in very appropriate and inappropriate ways on Florence Street in Worcester, Mass., outside of Clark University, circa turn of the millennium. And so, one, do you remember those days? Oh, my, like they were yesterday. I mean, he, he just, he, he thought that he was the best singer ever. And I, I think that that was kind of even a joke to him. Yes. You know, he, he just really liked getting up to those, like, high, those, you know, those, those, those crescendos of the song. You yes, know? yes. He, he really likes to sing the runs, like as, as uh, they would say on American Idol, you know? <laughs> yeah. and, exactly. And the thing is, and, and again, a lot of people do this, what he couldn't do in terms of range, he would make up for, which is volume and, and, and attitude. Theatrics. Yes, and of course the sizzling theatrics. And honestly, I mean, shoot, that's what you want. I mean, you know, most most of the most most of the famous singers out there, the front men of the world, they're not necessarily the best singers in the world. They're the best entertainers in the world, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's just you know, as long as you can carry that little bit of swagger, you know, act like you're doing good, you got it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you recall any other song? I mean, I can remember. He was big into that guy Jaheem for a while and that song Just In yeah. Case. And he, he, he would sing Just In Case. Like, Just In Case was a minor like, pop hit. And for me, it was like it was the number one song of whatever year that was. Because Bernard sang it for like two months straight. Cause he, yeah, oh, yeah, that was, that was a jam. And he, he, he would just sing it over and over again. And then, oh, so you're asking about other songs. Yes. Anything from Boys to Men. Yes. Like, Anything from Boys to Men, he was all about, you know, bringing that kind of stuff back or, you know, any of that, like, 90s R&B, you yes. know, anything, Keith Sweat, stuff yes. like that. That was, that was Bernard. Like Shy. Shy. Uh, definitely Shy. Maybe some Casey and JoJo slash Jodeci. 
Um, I'm forgetting one of the who are the guys who sang and if I ever fall in love. Um, that wasn't shy, but that was like the other guys. Um, oh, hold on, yeah. that was. <laughs> hold on, that was <laughs> shy. It that's was shy. shy. Okay. Yeah, that's shy. That was shy. And then there was like another band that was kind of like shy that was kind of doing it, and they were doing like whatever the other one is that I'm not thinking of right now. Like that was them, but they and shy were like the same band basically. Um, <laughs> and BYI liked all that stuff. And then honestly, yeah, I feel like he started getting into a little bit of that like, and it wasn't only him it was the rest of us too but like 98 degrees um oh oh brian mcknight oh. started back at brian one mcknight started back at one classic there were a lot of kitchen midnight to 2 a.m performances of started back at one um and again i feel like bernard might have started it but i feel like the rest of us didn't shy away from it either <laughs> we, we had fun we there definitely was fun. a routine there definitely was a bit of a routine and come to think of it, there was definitely was a band um, that we had, we had. It only appeared on Saturday nights between midnight and two a.m. And uh, it, you know, we had a small following, but they were loyal. And uh, you know, we basically sang all those songs we just mentioned. <laughs> exactly. And it was fire. It was it, fire. It was, it was some good times. What? What? Any other songs that you can remember that BY was really into? Because I just again, he he is the quintessential. You know, sing an acapella, sing it loud, sing a proud guy. Um, and I know I'm putting you on the spot a little bit, but no, no, that that that's that's okay. But literally, the the thing that comes to mind is boys to men because he he would love you know trying to get into the harmonies, but also especially when the guy just started talking. Mm. You know, that was that was his spot. So he was the breakdown guy. Put, then you start improvising, you know, making it better in your mind. Yes. Yes, that was kind of one of the things where, yeah, you, instead of just talk, you know, because like there's the part in the Boys to Men song with the deep voice guy, and I should know his name and I don't, but yeah, he breaks it down. Usually it's romantic or thoughtful or both, you know, or poignant. But when you start narrating your own life and, you know, you're eating Chinese food at two in the morning, you know, you're talking about like boneless spare ribs and, you know, honey mustard and pork fried rice, and, but you're using in the same voice, in the same style. And you're in the exactly. middle. You're in the middle of end of the road, and it, you know it, it hits differently, but it still hits. Oh, it hits. One hundred percent still hits. <laughs> All right, well, that's that's what I was looking for on that. I appreciate you corroborating uh, that. But since we have you here, you know you're one of two ish guests on the show that we will talk politics with. Um, and since Jeremy Johnson is officially in kitchen quarantine and just handling cooking right now, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to turn to you for politics. So we've got a big, I mean, to say we've had a big month relative to politics is an understatement because of everything else going on, or maybe an overstatement. But in the last couple of days, after Joe Biden kind of sealed the nomination, Bernie dropped out last week. I want your thoughts on that. But then Bernie came out, I think, yesterday and endorsed Joe Biden. And today, tonight, I believe, Barack Obama endorsed him as well, which I'm not shocked by by that, by the way. But anyway, all that's happened in the last, like, six, seven days. So how did each of those things hit you, and where are you feeling and thinking and, and things towards uh, Decision 2020 here in the early days? Yeah, so it, it, it's, um, it is weird, that, you know, the way that all this has happened with us being in quarantine at the same time, right? So that whole thing with Bernie Sanders drop story, you know, just because, like, there's just, you know, so much other stuff going on. Yes. Um, I will say that 
you know, for for most people, you know, um, I shouldn't say for most people, but uh, today today was definitely a good uh, the scenario with Barack coming out to endorse Biden. But it, it just felt good. Um, I was talking to my brother about it, and, and he said that somebody had tweeted that it's kind of like Avengers Assemble. <laughs> so it, it, it is kind of a good feeling to know that, like, okay, now we can kind of get into the nitty-gritty of the campaign. So I'm excited for that. I, I don't think that it's going to be too difficult to outline, um, you know, the incompetence of the current administration, especially with everything going on right now. So I'm excited for, the, for this campaign more than any I've ever been excited about. Wow. Wow. I mean, not that, I'm not, not that I don't think a lot of people are with you on being excited, but that was, you're the first guy to say it on the show, so there you go, you know? Oh, yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> we really want to win this game. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I, I agree. I think you're right. That's a great way to say it. Uh, Avengers Unite or News Team Assemble. Um, you know, it's certainly... I think one of the hardest things back in the day was, um, you know, both Hillary and, and, and Trump, uh, it was a wide open election. You know, nobody had been president before. So, you know, it was a little bit easier to paint Hillary as like more the same uh, for some voters, clearly. And, and there were a lot of, more importantly, a lot of voters stayed home. Um, a lot of Bernie or Busters stayed home, a lot of people, whatever. So, so this time around, they're getting around it early. We're in the middle of a pandemic caused by mainly ignoring health protocols for like a month too long. And uh, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. If you're in charge during that, that's a bad look. And now everybody's home and 20 million people are going to lose their jobs in like a month's time because of just being lazy and trying to pretend it was the flu. So yeah, I would say they're off to a much better start Uh than they were, you know, two months ago when people couldn't decide who was running and everybody was infighting and maybe there's a chance to kind of get people motivated and keep them motivated. Yeah, I, I think that I think that uh, people are motivated and, you know, you saw what happened in Wisconsin. Even, even you know, they, they wouldn't push off the, the vote even for safety reasons. And, you know, still tons of people came out and voted and, uh, you know, there was some good results for the Democrats in that. Not saying that it's all about Democrats and Republicans, but it is when it's a uh, re- Republican state that's trying to make it harder for a Democrats to vote, you know, that is a victory. So, Oh, absolutely. We'll see. No, and I would say the thing about it, Wisconsin is states like Wisconsin used to be, you know, I mean, it's a purple state, um, you know, and it, it, along with a lot of the Midwest, went red when people were banking on going blue back in 2016. And so, yeah, it's another example. You had people out there in masks in a line waiting uh, to vote. You know, and it was very dangerous, but they did it because they're like, well, I'm not going to let it not happen, you know? Right. And uh, I think that's the thing that I, well, you know, again, it, it, only has to be, it doesn't even have to be in America. Anytime that you suppress people's, you try to suppress people's ability to vote, if they're pissed off enough, it doesn't matter how much you try to suppress it. Like, cause, cause the amount of people who stay home when they're not pissed off is pretty high. So even if people, they think it's dangerous, if they're pissed, they're coming, you know, they're going to make time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally your only way to kind of, kind of fight back, you know? So you gotta, you gotta take that opportunity. You gotta, you gotta, um, let me ask you this before we wrap it up. 
because we like it short and sweet when we do one every day. We're kind of like a night, like night, uh, late night mode, Marky, where we're doing a podcast every night for 30 days. And, um, you know, it's like Jimmy Fallon, you know, we're trying to bring in a different guest every night to close the show out. So it's kind of fun. Um, Glad to be here. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, we'll get you back because it's always good and we're getting into the election season. But any way too early predictions on either cabinet members that, that, that Biden would think about or a running mate he would think about, or, or more importantly, who would you like to see as running mate choices? That'd be a good way to kind of get the speculative juices rolling here. So I, I honestly, you know, there's obviously it, it's got, it has to be a woman. And, um, I think that there, there's, there's a lot of talk about a lot of different women that could be qualified that could help. Sure. I, I think that the, the one that you have to pick is Kamala Harris. Mm. Um, I just think that, you know, to, to put it in, in kind of craft terms, South Carolina saved Joe Biden. Yeah. If South Carolina hadn't happened, we, we're, we're probably talking about Bernie Sanders We're talking, right about, talking about Bernie, yeah. And so, and so kind of like as like, like I said, to, to kind of craft, to, as a payback, you, you have to put, you have to choose Kamala, Kamala Harris. That's... I don't know. I, and, and I think she'd be great. I think she'd be like fantastic. She was she was one of the people that I liked early on. Um, so mm-hmm. I hope he picks Kamala Harris, and I think that's the smartest move. I do think if you're trying to shore up your weaknesses, you know, and again, I think she's qualified. I, I liked her as a candidate. I like that she's a real. I mean, she's a smart lady. You know, um, her prosecution background serves her well. Um, Etc. She does great in the Senate trials a lot of the time. I'm not sure why why her campaign didn't hit harder either, frankly. And it was kind of weird with a lot of that stuff, just to kind of see like, you know, I was really surprised by some of the people I thought would be here till the end that just were way out or out way early. But and she was one of them. But I do think that she's a West Coaster. You know, she's experienced. She's not 78 years old though. She's not a white dude who's 78 years old. Um, she's not Mike Pence, who's the worst. So like she's got a lot going for her, you know. Oh, she's yeah, she's fantastic. Um, Attorney General, you know, she's uh, she's just yeah. I, I think that between like you said, how she how she does when she's uh, you know in uh, in in the Senate for the committee and that kind of thing, I think she does great. Now, I think that there are some people who might be better. You know, if you're thinking about like a particular state, like oh, we need Michigan. Um, should be picked the governor of Michigan. I can't think of her name off the top of my head. But, um, you know, I, for me, it kind of like, I, I don't know how much that translates anymore. Like, you, you pick the current governor, you automatically pick, get the state. Correct. You know, so, I don't know. I also feel like Kamala Harris is more than just helping you get California, which you're going to get anyway. It's, I think she helps motivate people who might otherwise be like, I'm fed up, I don't want to vote. For two old guys, you know. Oh, absolutely! And that's absolutely. really what you're trying it, it, to do is try to mobilize people who are going to sit it out. And yeah, and 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 also, you know, you're also setting, trying to set those people up for the future. You know, all those females who were disappointed about, you know, just being another year of not having a chance at a female become president. You know. That stinks. That's a terrible feeling. Yes. But at least, you know, oh, we'll get the vice presidency this time. 
next time it'll be the presidency. So. Well, yeah, and to, yeah. Get, to get somebody on the national stage like that, and also, honestly, at the end of the day, there still has not been a woman as vice president of this country. Let's actually, we got a woman in the office here, Cindy Harrington. Yes. You know, Republican, Democrat, whatever. You know, at some point, do we need to see? I mean, I know we all want to see a woman president as well, but do you think a really strategic step in that direction would be to be a sitting vice president as a woman? Whether, whether it be you or somebody else? <laughs> I don't think I'll get the nom, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I think either of those offices, just to have that done in this era and after everything that happened for the last election is fantastic. Yeah, so there you go. I think it platforms it up. And uh, we I like- think it's going to be Amy Klobuchar. Oh, really? Yeah. And why do you think that? I just think she is probably a good fit for him and good fit for that Midwestern vote that kind of might be lacking for him. Ah. Marky, how do you feel about Klobuchar? I, oh, I think she'd be a good choice. I, mean, I like her. Definitely. She, yeah. she, made it, she made it so far in the primaries. I think she'd be, she obviously has a, like a good following. Mm-hmm. People who were excited to you know, work for her. She'd be a great choice. Yeah. I, I was pretty shocked, and again, I don't follow it as closely as I would like, especially for someone who's talking about it on a podcast. But, <laughs> but, 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 but what I mean is, like, when, when, it, when it all started, like a year, it seems like two years ago they started campaigning, right? Um, you know, I knew who Kamala Harris was. Sure. Kamala Harris, excuse me. And I didn't know anything about Klobuchar. Yeah. And I do think, whether I knew about her or not, she did hang around, you know, a long time. Mm-hmm. From what I thought was relative anonymity, right? You know, she outlasted Cory Booker. She outlasted, she outlasted a lot of people like that. A lot of people. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, I was surprised by her 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 lasting as long as she did, and uh, Buttigieg as mm. well. Like two two people who were you know not very well known before that um, primary season who stuck it out very close. Again, very surprising. I agree. Uh, yeah, I tell you, the Buttigieg thing was amazing. Another guy whose name I couldn't even pronounce, and nobody else could either. He oh, ran exactly. a hell of a campaign. And then I guess let's let's why not? We got a couple minutes left here. How about just the absolute in and out, feels like it was a million years ago, never even happened, Mike Bloomberg candidacy. Way to lay a half a billion dollars on a turd. I, I mean, that is so so surprising though. I mean, this this whole that whole primary season was just it was wild. It was also like, you know, People weren't paying as much attention because of, you know, all this other stuff going on with Trump and getting impeached. You know, let's not mm. forget that happened. Yep. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, so so there, there were crazy things. So that Bloomberg thing is just another crazy thing out of that whole scenario. And, you know, definitely, you know, I take my hat off to Elizabeth Warren, who ended his campaign um, at that debate. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's wild that he got zero traction for all that money. It's zero. Wild. I was shocked by that. I was shocked by that. Uh, but again, it just goes to show you you got to put the work in, you know. And there's been other people who've tried to do it that way. They're usually the mayor of New York. Rudy tried that back in like I think. Oh wait, oh I'm gonna come in late, and then I'm not gonna. And sometimes people are like, listen, like you're not that good. If you were that good, you would have run from the beginning, you know, or you would have been the front runner from the beginning. So. That well, strategy never seems is, to work. The, the good thing is that we can see is that, you know, you can't buy the presidency as of right now. Now, that could change uh, down the road, but, you know, it, there are a couple of people that tried it this time, yeah. and they, they failed. Yeah, so. I mean, in fairness, I mean, because for everything people want to say, 
certainly about the last three plus years of presidential leadership. You know, Trump, when he campaigned, he was the most famous person, but he also did the work. Like my man, in fact, I think he likes campaigning better than running anything, which is why he was probably oh, so good at it because he's, he's a performer. He's actually, that's what he does. But, but like the guy showed up and he put in the work and that's how you build a movement. And it's kind of like a Bernie Sanders. Like, why is Bernie so popular? Well, he'd been saying the same thing forever and then it finally hit, but he's always done the work, you know? And like Obama did the work. I mean, he was charismatic. He was smart. He's electric. But he still showed up early and ran early and did the work. And Bloomberg oh, tried to, absolutely. like you said, buy it and buy some ads for the NFL playoffs and buy some ads for the Super Bowl and say, oh, here I am on Super Tuesday. And people were like, what? And, uh, yeah, to your point, you might not be able to buy it. You probably can't get it if you're poor. But, you know, if you've got backing and you do the work, that's still the way to do it. So, good point. Yeah, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree 100. percent I, I wouldn't say that there was a Mike Bloomberg Jr. and, and he was running. There's no way it should. You know, if somebody looks like they're, you know, honestly doing the work, like you said, they really care. That doesn't matter. I'm just saying you shouldn't be able to just totally. Totally, you got to do the work. I think at the end of the day, people still call you out for not doing the work. You know, and you got to show up. 100. So we will see, but I like to get, you know, it's fine. It's fine to talk about something besides coronavirus for once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely trying to get your head off of it. So we get sure. that going for us, <laughs> which is nice. All right, man. Well, hey, stick around for a couple second. We'll catch up. Thanks for coming on today. Regaling us with some BY stories. Um, Boys to men, ABC, BBD. We've said it like seven times this week because of how, think about how fire that lineup was back in the day. The East Coast family. Absolutely. Fire. We referenced them so many times in the last week. Because, like, you know, Michael Bivens had it going on there for a while. (laughs) He really did. Producer extraordinaire. Boston's own. All right, Marky, thanks for coming on, my man. Thanks, guys. Cindy, thanks for being on. Thanks for having me. Bye.